What's going on, friends and fam? Thank you so much for watching Every Day is a Saturday with your host, me, myself, and I, Brian Roof. Hey, guys, another great day, another great show. I'm super excited for my next guest. She is an amazing person. She is a motivational speaker, singer, songwriter, advocate for PTSD and mental health awareness. With history as a family readiness leader for the National Guard, supporting and helping veterans, soldiers, and, fa and their families, she has made it her mission to make a difference one person at a time. Let's meet Sugar Rose. Hello there. How you doing? Hello. I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for being here. You got honestly the most contagious uh, smile <laughs> ever. <laughs> Every time I see your, your post or anything like that, I see you on there. You have that just that contagious smile and I love well, it. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. So Sugar, Rose, tell us a little bit more about yourself and, you know, like where you grew up, what kind of made you get into what you're doing now and, you know, kind of give us the whole spill. Let us know who Sugar Rose is. Well, sure. Well, first of all, I'm honored to be on your podcast. It's amazing. Um, I think what you do is incredible and I'm just excited to be a part of it. <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you. Some water here. Yeah, absolutely. Already feeling parched. I haven't even started. <laughs> <laughs> that's why i always keep some kind of liquid readily available right <laughs> it yeah, just happens that's, that's as important. soon as you get as soon as, as soon as you get on a camera or something it's like you know it just, I know, it's also just everything's dry <laughs> <laughs> exactly well uh long story short uh i grew up in california and um born and raised there i was an only child um i was adopted when i was about six months old and i was adopted to my family my dad's actually in the coast guard and my mom was in nursing school at the time and so um about when i was three my parents after like 18 years decided to go separate ways and my dad had kind of decided that he didn't want to be a parent. Like it just wasn't in the cards for him at the time. And so at a very young age, I kind of learned what abandonment was. Um, it was something that, you know, when he was gone on wherever, you know, different places he went, I would see him once a year. So kind of like that military brat lifestyle, you know, where you see the family, you know, that's, that's in the military once a year, once every 12 months, 18 months, whatever it might be. Um, and when I was seven, um, my mom remarried and it, it was, it was a tough time because, you know, growing up already feeling like you just kind of weren't enough, you know, feeling like you weren't loved, feeling like you weren't appreciated was tough. And then growing up into my school age years and things like that, my dad was a psychologist. <laughs> so that put some of the pieces of the puzzle together who I am today. <laughs> but, um, you know, he had a very interesting way of uh, working with me, teaching me things like that. However, when I was younger, I didn't appreciate it as much as I do now because I've taken a lot of things and I've grown a lot from some of those life experiences was when I was younger, but I went through school um, pretty much being teased, being made fun of. Uh, I was always the last one to be picked on the handball court. I was always the one that was like, you get her. No, you get her. No, no. I guess we got her, you know? So it was one of those things from a very young age that 
I always felt like I just wasn't good enough and, and I wasn't, you know, meant to be anything or anybody. I was always a follower. I was never a leader. I was always just kind of, you know, in the background. And I grew up, you know, really struggling through school and not having any friends and being the the one that had like the buck teeth and the stringy hair and I was overweight and, you know, like I grew boobs before anybody else in my class. So put that on top of everything else was just a, a wonderful situation for me, you know? And then um, I kind of just, on top of it, my dad, my stepdad was Jewish. So I grew up Christian and I grew up in a Christian home, having a Christmas tree, going to church, all that stuff, right? And then when my dad came into the picture, he turned that all around. But he didn't just turn it around on me, he turned it around in my school. So not only was I like the, the kid that was already made fun of and overweight and ugly and didn't have any friends, but I was now the Jewish kid in class, the only one in class that my dad felt he'd take it upon himself to come in and teach all the kids in my class the Jewish religion because it's not fair that we just celebrate Christmas. So, you know, it, it, it it was from a young age, I've gone through a lot. <laughs> and then as I got older and things like that, um, I started really just kind of getting involved in the wrong choices and the wrong situations, you know, peer pressure. I wanted people to like me. So I started smoking, I started drinking, all that stuff. And, you know, it was just one of those things that really put me in a place where my parents sheltered me. I, I couldn't really go out and do anything. I was very, you know, protected by them on top of not being able to really express myself and who I am and what's going on inside of me and all the struggles that I feel. And I feel like a lot of people these days go through that. You know, a lot of what we go through today comes from childhood. It comes from trauma. It comes from not feeling like you're loved, not feeling like you're enough, being abandoned. Um, you know, the way you're treated in school, the way your parents treated you, you know, and again, of course, that also derives into men's mental health. You know, a lot of young boys when they were little are told, hey, suck it up, slap, you know, slap some dirt on it. You're going to be fine. Or, you know, I'm going to whoop you until you don't cry anymore. Or, you know, whatever it might be. And they're taught this like persona of being tough and, and being like that. And, and as a young girl, oddly enough, like I understood that, like I saw that in people and, you know, there'd be people that would make fun of me in class and tease me and call me names and whatever. But I always looked beyond that. And that's when I knew, like, I had some sort of, I don't know, crazy gift that God gave me to be like, I can look past your anger towards me or your ugliness towards me. And I can see that you're hurting. I can see that, you know, you're not treated very well at home or what is it going on inside of you? And that's instilled probably part of my father, but what is it going on inside of you that's making you hurt me, you know, because you're hurting. And so I would always be able to forgive those people and, and be able to, you know, understand that they don't mean it, you know, and one day maybe they'll come back and apologize. And a few have oddly enough, you know, but it was just it, it, something from a young age that I was able to take with me today. And, um, 
I ended up going into group homes at a very young age because of my life choices. And I mean, let's face it, I was a teenager and I was doing stuff I shouldn't have done. And um, I grew up in group homes um, from the age of 14 to the age of 18. And I lived with other girls that were just mean and nasty. A lot of them were from the system, the state system. You know, and I was always able to look past that and go, you know, I still love you, even if you don't like me, even if you don't think I'm cool, even if I'm, I've always been different than everybody else in the world. (laughs) Like, I don't know, like God has just made me this different person that I don't, I, I don't quite understand sometimes, but I've always been able to just look through and see someone's heart and see someone's light inside of them and see that, you know, you're not here because you know, you're doing amazing in school and your parents love you and your things are great. No, you're here because you're hurting and you're going through hurtful things in life, you know? So I've always been able to look past all that. So growing up in group homes and growing up like that and, and that type of scenario really helped make me a very empathetic person um, and someone to be able to understand what other people go through and my parents have always been like huge communicators like they taught me what true unconditional love is and it's something that many people in this world will never see unfortunately or have a chance to feel because it is a gift it is an absolute gift and it is a mindset and it's in your heart and in your soul and it's something that my parents no matter what would communicate with me they would talk to me they they would love me they would you know, teach me how to talk to others, how to understand others that, you know, maybe this person, you know, is not doing this thing because they want to hate you and be nasty. Maybe they're doing this because they're crying out for help, but they don't know how to ask for it, you know? And that's a lot of things too, with a lot of men and not just men, but a lot, most, a lot of men are tough, right? You got this tough persona, you're this badass. you're, you're, gun shooting, whiskey slinging, you know, tough mother, mother trucker, right? Marine <laughs> so, badass, bro. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like you're like, ain't nobody gonna step on me and mess with me. But you know what? The thing is like behind that persona is a really soft, loving person is really somebody that has been taught to be tough and they've been taught not to feel, and they've been taught to, you know, handle things other ways. And so a lot of those people do that. And, and I guess that's kind of where a huge part of my passion came from. And then as I got older, getting into relationships, let me just tell you, getting into relationships is a whole different world. Like I look back now and I think, holy shit, I've been through a lot (laughs) and I'm still smiling, you know, but really, I know. It, it, it's crazy because it's helped me to grow and it's helped me to strengthen and it's helped me to learn and it's helped me in so many ways. Like I feel like God has literally told me, Hey, I've put all these things in your path and I have made you do every single one of these things to teach you, to teach you how to grow, to teach you how to become strong, to teach you what unconditional love is, to teach you who you are, what you deserve and what you don't deserve. And I feel like God does that for all of us in our relationships and in life. Everything we go through has an absolute purpose, whether you like it or not, whether whether it's traumatic, whether it's horrific, whether it's, you know, painful, whether it's heartbreak, whether it's lost, whether whatever it might be, 
it all comes from somewhere, you know, and we grow through that and we become stronger through that, or we choose to start building knots in our heart. <clears throat> and we, we choose to start tying those knots little by little and the knot gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And pretty soon the doors closed, right? So then you're in your own personal prison. You're in your own personal prison in your own heart, in your own soul. And you don't have a way to get out anymore because the door's locked and the key got thrown away, you know? And so I feel like through everything that I've gone through, honestly, I, I've had some weird stuff happen in my life, um, honestly, with with God and, and with my what I do for a living and who I am. And I, I really feel like God has said, hey, I've taught you these ways because you're a teacher and, you know, you've gone through these things because now you're going to teach my children. And it's crazy because when I was in my 20s, and this is the first time I've ever told this because I don't share this side of myself a lot because it. some people think I'm <laughs> crazy. But mm-hmm. yeah. in my 20s, I became a preschool teacher. And I went to school. I got my early childhood education development units and all that stuff. I had just had my oldest son, William, which is now 22. And I went and I taught... Um, twos, threes, and pre-K at uh, kinder care. <laughs> and my son was able to go with me. So I didn't have to pay for childcare because I was a single mom anyway. And you know, that's expensive. So I learned patience and I learned understanding and I learned kindness and I learned diversity. And I learned that every child learns differently. Every child learns differently. So you've got one child over here that you can be a little firmer with. And then you've got one over here that you have to be understanding and loving and kind with. And then you got one over here that has reverse psychology. That's how you're going to get them. And then you've got one over here, you know, and so everyone's a little bit different. And I really feel like I became that teacher years and years and years ago because God has really put it on my heart to say, now you're going to teach my children. And each and every one of you, men and women out there, you all learn differently. Every single person has a different way to reach your heart and soul. Some are in the mind, some are in the body, some are in the heart, some are in the soul, some are in reality, some are in science, some are in faith. So, you know, it, it, there's so many different ways. And I feel like I've, I don't know, I guess I've been, I've been given the opportunity to help reach those people people <laughs> in that way and and which is crazy because every day my life is getting stranger and stranger when it comes to how i teach and you know i keep being told that i have a light about me and i emanate something that just is infective and and i'm just humbled i'm humbled for that you know and <laughs> growing up through you know my my adult years I, I was in relationships, you know, and I started off in relationships where I I was abused. I was verbally, mentally, physically, sexually abused, unfortunately. I've gone through it all, every single part of it. But when somebody says they love you, that meant they wanted you. That meant I wasn't abandoned. I, I was wanted. I was enough, you know, even if, you know, you call me names as I was walking down the street type of thing. And so now that I've grown from all those experiences and learned what unconditional love isn't, 
you know, and I've learned who I am. I now take all of that and I have forgiven everybody that's ever hurt me in my life, no matter how traumatic it was. And it doesn't mean I'm ever going to have a relationship with that person again, but in my heart, I've been able to find my key and I've been able to unlock that door and say, you know what? I'm not going to live my life in prison. I'm not going to live my life in my own cell. I'm going to live my life free. I'm going to live my life showing love to others and my purpose. And so, you know, now I teach other people, men and women, because there are men that go through domestic violence and verbal and mental and physical and sexual abuse, just like us women do. And so, you know, I, I really fight to teach that now to teach like, Hey, you know, if they're not calling you back for three days, that you don't need to sit there and say, what's wrong with me. You need to sit there and say, you know what? Someone else out there is praying for me. Someone else out there deserves me, you know, or if this person's calling you names or cutting you down or making you feel like trash, you, you don't deserve that, you know? And so I really try in different areas to, and I touch a lot on PTSD and mental health and men's mental health, of course, and our veterans, but I also touch a lot on just mind, body, and soul, right? When it comes to how you're treated, who, how you find unconditional love, how you find grace, how you learn to forgive, how you learn to have faith, how you learn to be compassionate, you know, and through those things, you start to grow and you start to realize, you know what? Holy shit. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve to be talked to like this. I don't deserve to be yelled at. I don't deserve to be hit. I don't deserve, you know, all these different things. And that's all derived from my own life experiences that I've gone through. And, you know, I think I, I ended up about, I was in a six year relationship with um, my, my husband, my ex-husband now, but um, he was an army veteran. And that, that is where my passion, my true passion, and I knew why I was here and I knew why God called on me and I knew why I've always been empathetic and understanding and, and able to forgive and move through everything I've gone through. Everyone says to me, I've heard your story. You've gone through so much shit. You've gone through so much pain and heartache. You should be hiding under a rock but you're sitting here and you're smiling. You're sitting here and you're happy and you're really happy. Like it's not fake, you know? And I, I've just said, you know, it's because a purpose has been put in my life. I'm here for a reason. And, and I am here no matter what I go through, I can live in a box on the corner. I'm still going to get up every day and I'm going to be motivated to someone else. And I'm going to be loving to someone else. And I'm going to, I'm going to help somebody else find hope in themselves and find a light in themselves. And when I married my army husband, I was very much a follower. I was still, uh, you know, very much just quiet behind the scenes type person. I was in the medical field. I ended up going into the medical field for the last 15 years. I was only, I only taught for a few years because I had kids at home and at school. I was like a 24 hour teacher <laughs> and I wasn't doing all that. Yeah. <laughs> God bless you for even doing it for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I needed a break. And if I'm talking too much, you can tell me. And no, no, I love it. <laughs> no, I absolutely love it. No, please keep going. Um, so 
I was in the medical field. I've been in the eye field for the last 10 years of my life. So ophthalmology, working with eyeballs <laughs> and um, working with the doctor and stuff like that. And when we got together, he was a blessing in my life. He just an incredible person. Great. Just it was a great, great time in my life. It was short lived, but it, it was it was amazing. And um, he encouraged me to become the family readiness leader for the National Guard for his company. So he was active duty. He's been in now 20 years. He was active duty for eight. He was 82nd Airborne. And so we met after the active duty stance. So he was National Guard active, active duty supply. And um, he wanted me to become the family readiness leader for the guard because usually it has to be a wife or family member, you know, usually of the commander, but the commander wasn't married. So I ended up being the one um, that I was asked to take that role. And I remember saying to him, I remember saying, I, I'm nobody, you know, no one's going to listen to me. No one's going to hear what I'm saying. I, you know, I don't have a voice. Like I've always been a yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Yes, doctor, no doctor person. I, I just don't have a voice. And he said, yes, you do. I think you have more of a voice than you realize. And I'm like, I don't think this is a good idea, but I, I went and I went to um, a workshop, like a 24 hour workshop. And I watched these powerful women get up there and talk about how they do all this stuff for the company and how they do all these different things um, and how incredible they were. And I was just sitting there like, I wish I could be one of them women one day that stand up and say that, you know, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to give this a try. I'm going to give it all I got. And so I, I, I graduated the workshop and I became the FRG leader. And I remember the first time I went and stood in front of the company and they introduced me and stuff like that as the FRG and um, all eyes were on me. And I just remember it just came out like it was crazy. Like it was, it was a eye opening experience and just like a humbling moment that the things that I was saying came out and I realized right then and there that I had a voice and I started becoming, you know, very close with our, our wives and, you know, girlfriends of the soldiers and things like that. And I started be becoming very close with our soldiers as well. Um, every drill I would go and do some sort of special lunch or we'd do shirts or we'd do this or that, the other, um, just, you know, really bringing people together as a family. And it was, I started becoming the phone call in the middle of the night. Um, I started becoming the family therapist of the company. <laughs> I started having many come to me to talk to me or us at the time about, cause we were kind of like the power couple and we had like that magic relationship that everybody wanted. And, um, and I thought we did too, <laughs> but, uh, it's, it was very humbling to have people start coming to us and saying, Hey, I need to talk. I need to vent. I need to let this out, you know, cause I've always encouraged that, Hey, we're here. We're here to listen. It's okay not to be okay. It's, you know, all of that. And then getting very, very involved in our veteran community um, with FW22 and Fort Wayne started becoming very passionate about that. Um, went on my first 22 hike back in 16, I think it was. And that was a hell of an experience. And then 
one too many funerals came along. And that was a very, very, very tough time for me because, you know, one is too many. And it just, it, it was, it was tough. It was tough when I had to present a, a shadow box to the family. And that there was really where my drive hit so hard to understand the military lifestyle, to understand what our veterans go through, to understand how so many people hide behind their pain. And I made it my purpose and my mission to be there and listen. And and I re- I'll, I'll never forget, I, I sat there when one of our, our soldiers decided to take his life. He put a post on Facebook and we all tried to reach out. And I tried calling and calling and calling and calling and he wouldn't answer. And it, it was just one of those moments that for me, I don't ever wanna see another person take their life. I don't want to ever see another person give up. I don't want to ever see another person feel like they're not enough or they don't have a purpose here or or they don't they don't have something to live for no matter what, you know, and that you can heal, you can work through pain and you can work through torture and you can work through trauma and you can find yourself, you know, and it's not necessarily in a bottle of medication or with a therapist. You know, it's sometimes it's way deeper than that. And, you know, so that's where really things took a head of a turn for me. And I finally, I opened up my coffee shop. Um, I opened up a military theme, veteran owned at the time coffee shop called American Sugar Coffee House. And my name Sugar actually came from Sergeant Brubaker, which is one of my great buddies. And... They, the guys were getting ready to go to Japan uh, to train with the soldiers for the summer uh, for annual training. And my secretary made a point of contact uh, sheet. And of course, one of the smart asses has to come over and be like, who's sugar? <laughs> and I was like, that says Susie. And he's like, no, it don't. Your name is sugar. From now on, you are known as sugar. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and then they, they hacked into my Facebook and they changed my name for 90 days. So I was like, all right, I guess I just got, I got, uh, I got my name. So I kept it and I named my coffee shop, American sugar coffee house. And my logo was, uh, it was a heart with the soldier's flag on it. So the flag was always flying backwards. And I did that. So people would come into the shop and ask why the flag is backwards. And it would give me a moment to be able to teach and, be able to help people to understand why the flag is backwards and why the soldier wears it that way. And it became just an incredible um, place for me to connect with people. And then people started coming in, not just for the coffee. They came in to meet me. They came in to have a little bit of hope in their life. And slowly but surely, I started noticing more and more people would come in like, you know, I'm really struggling right now. And I became the town therapist (laughs) and it it was just kind of, it was an incredible thing. And I sold black rifle coffee at the time. That was like kind of my, my niche was the black rifle coffee when you could just get it online and you couldn't get it anywhere else. And so people would come in just for the black rifle coffee. And, um, you know, it just, it became a passionate point for me um, to be able to help 
people and really see that, okay, God, you got a plan for me. You got a purpose for me, you know, and then life kind of crashed because <laughs> life does, you know, and um, life crashed and COVID hit and um, I ended up, you know, I ended up losing everything and um, I sold my shop in 2019. I separated in, in 2018 and um, I sold my home. I had to sell my shop. COVID came and, and unfortunately just, I fought through COVID and I tried to keep it open. Unfortunately, just too many things got in the way to, you know, be able to do it. So that sucks. It, it, you know, it does, but I'm also humbled and grateful at the same time that I had the opportunity and now it's brought me to a whole new level of who I am. And it, it, it blows my mind. And, and God's always like, just trust me, you know, trust me that this is all for a reason. And I took losing everything and, and literally having nothing and, it's been a struggle. It has. I mean, life has not been easy <laughs> by any means whatsoever. But um, it's it's been every moment that I've had, I've taken an experience and growth from, you know, and I, the way I look at it is that even things happen the way they did and I chose to walk away. Um, one of the most humbling experiences for me was that after we separated, the whole entire time, you know, he suffered with PTSD and he would drink every night and he would, he was just a happy, happy, happy person for six years, happy, no problems, amazing, like fairytale marriage. And after we separated, I went back and we talked and I said, you know, why, why, why? And he told me he had been miserable for 14 years. And that he had never opened up to anyone before, but I was able to get him to open up and come to find out, you know, he, when he deployed back in Iraq and Afghanistan, after some of those things had happened, he spiraled. And then he opened up and told me, I live in a black hole. I'm miserable. I have night terrors. I drink myself to sleep. So I don't have to have those terrors. And, you know, I have no peace in my heart. I have no light. I have no love. He's like, you know, you showed me that, but I still didn't have it in myself, you know, and right then and there, even though choices were made and things were done and I was able to forgive and I was able to help him through it. I helped get him into therapy. I helped, you know, convince him that it was time to start making changes for the first time in his life. He opened up to somebody and right then and there i was humbled and and all hurt and anger was put aside because he wore a mask for six years and that's what so many people do men and women they wear a mask they hide behind their smile and you know they sit there and they say i'm great i'm fine everything's amazing happy we're going to be funny. We're going to be hilarious, you know, but behind closed doors, I'm screaming. I'm terrorized at night. I can't sleep. I take so many pills to try to get my mind right that 
I don't even know who I am anymore, you know? And so it became my passion because I lived with it. I lived with a man with PTSD that suffered silently by himself and I didn't know it. And, and I'm an empath, I'm a reader. I know, I see and read through people like books now and I couldn't read him. He was always happy, always made me laugh, always the hilarious comedian at the party, always set in the mood. Right. And, and I actually wrote a song that I haven't released yet, but, um, that's, it's so true. All these people that we see on these videos and all these people we see in person and all these people that are just funny and hilarious and look like they love life are suffering behind closed doors. And it, made it my purpose. My purpose in life was to say, you know what? I'm going to peel back that mask. I'm going to, I'm going to come to you somehow, whether it's in my videos, whether it's in person, whether it's God puts people in my life all the time. It's very weird. <laughs> and I know exactly what's going on and who they are and what's up. And God's like, yep, this is what's going on. And I'm like, yep, it is. And then I tell them and they're like, how do you know? And I'm like, I don't know. I just know that God put me here and this is what's going on. And, um, you know, it's, it's my job as, as why I'm here is to teach, teach you how to take off the mask, teach you how to peel back those layers, like an onion, right? One at a time till you get to the center. And that's why I'm here. That's, that's why I'm here. And 2020 was one of the worst times of my life. Well, actually 2019 was one of the worst times of my life. And, you know, I had, I was divorced and I lost my home and I had to sell my business and COVID. And I was, at, I was miserable. I was at a point in my life where I didn't know why I was here. I didn't understand that I had a purpose. I, I knew I did, but I didn't fully know what it was yet. I knew I wanted to help people, but I knew that at the same time I was also suffering and struggling and I got to a point in my life where I was like, why am I here? Why, why am I here? I've, I've suffered my whole life. I've gone through pain. I've gone through hell. I've never had a, a, a true unconditional love in my life that has loved me like no other. Like I, why, why the hell am I here? You know, why, why do I have to live this life just to suffer? And so many people feel that so many people ask that question every single day, every single hour, every single minute. Why am I here? Why did you put me here? Why do I have to suffer and pay bills and get hurt and, and have heartbreak just to live another day? Why am I here? You know, and I asked God that question and I ended up going to a show on New Year's Eve of 2020. I was in a really crappy place in my life. I, I, um, I was lost. I was empty and I'd had a dream a couple months prior that God, God came to me in a dream. And like I said, my life's a little weird, <laughs> mm -hmm. but God came to me in a dream and said, you have a purpose. There's a reason you're here and you will know when that purpose comes into your path. And I went, okay, whatever. You know, I like to help people. I don't like to see people hurt. You know, I want to, 
that's what I want to do. But other than that, like nobody knows me, nobody knows my name, nobody knows who I am or what I've gone through. And cause I've never told my story <laughs> and, um, new year's Eve of 2020, I was in a really crappy place. I was in a crappy relationship. The person was verbally abusive and mentally abusive to me. And we ended up, we went out to dinner that night and it was just a terrible dinner and made me feel like trash. And I, I went home that night and I stood in the living room and I went, this is my life. This is, I guess this, I just have to suck it up and accept it because I'm not moving the boys again. I'm not putting them through anything else again. This is who I am. This is what I'm doing. I'm just going to suck it up and deal with it. This is just what the cards I've been dealt. And that night in my living room, God said, get up and get dressed. And I went, I don't want to, I'm going to bed. And God said, nope, get up and get dressed. And I did. I listen because I listen when God speaks to me because I've learned in the past. Um, and I went to a show on New Year's Eve at a, uh, I want to say it was an American Legion. And um, there was a band there. And mind you, I haven't sang in 14, since I was 14 years old. I put my career, my singing career down at 14 because more things were important in my life, like having friends and being cool and all that stuff. So I used to sing in choirs and talent shows, all this stuff. And I remember a talent show that I did when I was 14. I came in third place and I was told I just wasn't good enough. And that those words lived with me for the rest of my life until 2020. And I realized that night when I got on stage, they, they talked me into getting up there. I had a couple glasses of wine in. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> but no, you know, it was, <laughs> it was one of those things where I was like, you know what? We're going to do this. Why not? And, you know, <laughs> I got up there. I looked through their little song book and I picked one song, <laughs> one song. And it happened to be hurt by Johnny Cash. Cause I was hurt and I wanted to sing it and I felt it. And I sang it and I couldn't believe it. I got a standing ovation. There was a man there from Nashville and he was one of the A&R record labels. And that night my life changed overnight. And I knew after I sang that song, nobody had come up to me at that point. They had clapped and stuff, but no one had come up to me. God came over me and said, your life just changed. Your life just changed and your purpose is now here and it was it gives me chills thinking about it and that night my life changed the next day i got a phone call and i was blown away because i've never been in a studio i've never recorded anything i've never pursued my music i never went out and did anything with myself because i just didn't think i was good enough and um i got asked to come to the studio and Levi Kobe, which is the man that was, he was the one that found me, um, ended up writing a song for me and just like the movies. And that song is about my life. It's about who I am and what I've gone through. Um, well, let, let me just stop you real quick. Cause I, let's play that. Cause it's one of my favorites. And then we'll get back to talking. We're going to play awesome. Just Like the Movies by Sugar Rose.
kids ready for school Put on a face He's been a fool Said he's sorry I left my keys Put on a smile So they don't see Kids in the backseat
Absolutely great song. My gosh. I love it. (laughs) You guys, you guys got to go check her out. You can check her out. Spotify, Apple Music, all those great places that play music. She's on there. Um, That not just that song. There's other great songs, too. But that one right there. It's my one of my favorites, honestly. I could listen uh, to that all day. <laughs> it gives me chills. Yeah, my, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that song changed my life. Definitely it, see it touched you. It touches yeah. you. I mean. So yeah. tell us about it. Tell us about how the song changed your life and everything. Well, that was the song <sighs> that um Levi Kobe wrote for me. And we practiced it quite a few times and ended up going down to Nashville and signing on the record label down there. It was an indie label, which, you know, is a whole nother world. <laughs> and uh, we recorded that in Omni Sound Studio. And he's actually the background singer on it as well. And I'm, I'm convinced that that man was a guardian angel put in my path to guide me to where I needed to go. Because at the time... I was with a really terrible person. He demanded to come to every practice with me and I wasn't allowed to go by myself. And it, you know, it ended up being that right before we were going to Nashville, um, he, the person I was with got sick and he told me I couldn't go. He said, you're not going without me. And I said, you know what? I am, I am. And I'm sorry uh, if you can't respect that and support that this is something I've wanted my entire life and it's been dropped in my lap, I'm sorry. Then, you know, we are two different people and peace out because I'm going. And, you you. know, he ended up, honestly, just the raw part of my story, he ended up putting his hands on me and I took my kids and I left. I had moved in with him and I took my kids and I left. I had nowhere to go. I left all my, I lost all, I lost everything. I lost all my furniture, my brand new furniture, because I brought it all to him at his house. And I left it all there. And I remember sitting in the driveway and God said, just let it go. Let it go. I promise you I'll take care of it and you'll you'll get it back. And I lived on a couch for six months. My boys went and stayed. My two younger boys went and stayed with their dad. During that time, my two older boys' dad passed away. Um, so it was just a hell of a time. It's, it's been, it's been a road (laughs) to say the least. Um, but I started traveling back and forth to Nashville and we recorded and, and went back and forth and did this, not the other. And so I decided to move to Nashville to pursue my music. And it was a really, really, really tough time for me, a really tough decision, but I, I had nothing at the point. I I lost everything. And, you know, I left my, my oldest is 22. So he was in college and, you know, living in Fort Wayne and stuff. So he stayed there and I left my, my youngest there because I didn't want to take him and expose him to this school or that school or me traveling or whatever it might be because he's in school and he's in sports. And for the first time in my life, I, I just, I had him stay with his dad and that was really, really hard for me. A lot of people think I'm a shitty parent. A lot of people think that what I did was wrong, but really what I look at it is, is I was selfless and I'm giving him the opportunity to have an amazing life, a consistent, sturdy life. And that's a part of my story I've never told anybody. 
but I feel like if you're going to hear my story, you're going to hear the whole thing. <laughs> that's you the know? best way to be is just completely and, authentic. Cause you know what yeah. people can yeah. learn from, uh, you know what I mean? That's the thing that I hate that people are ashamed yeah. of their past and they don't want to talk about it. Like that's kind yeah. of like what I've done on my storyline. I've kind of just been authentic. Like just, you got to let people know, because if you don't talk about it, no one's going to learn from it. You yeah. know what I mean? If we keep things bottled up, there's just absolutely no way someone's going to ever find out or be able to, you know, learn from that experience. So it's great yeah. that, you know, you're able to speak about it. And yeah, don't hold back. There's someone out there that's looking for that story. Or I mean, yeah. your story is a lot of light. There's a lot of people out there who experienced it, but they can't come out of it. You know, they're yeah. just they're stuck in it. They become. Yeah. Uh, victims of a situation and then they're just stuck in a rut and can't get out of it so you're an inspiration to probably a lot of people out there and you know they're they're seeking that they want to they want to see that they want to have that smile they want to you know be happy but they just can't find it so you know someone like you who's been through it and keeps somewhat going through it it, you just you just keep (laughs) on going you know what i mean and you have such a great message thank you I appreciate that. It, it's it's been a hell of a road, you know. I I moved to Nashville for two years. I've got I've learned a lot. I will say that I've learned a lot about the music industry. I've learned a lot about the do's and the don'ts. I've learned a lot about smoke and mirrors. I've learned a lot about you know it. it it's it's the three F's. The three F's. This is what I was told by my lovely manager at the time, (laughs) you know, I had someone kind of take me on that said, Hey, let me take you under my wing. I'm going to help you. You're talented. You're incredible. You're beautiful. Let's get you out there. There's three F's in the music industry. You're either feeding me, fucking me or financing me. And if you're not doing any of those three, you ain't going to get nothing. It's who, you know, I won't say the other part. <laughs> right, or yeah. it's who you know, or it's how much money do you have? Yep. And, and that's really the bottom line. And luckily, I was very humbled to get involved with some incredible people that saw me, you know, and, and gave me gave me a chance. And I'm no longer on a record label or anything like that. I'm an independent artist now. Beautiful. Um, but I did do one of the re what the day my purpose came into my past. So and I told you 2020, my life changed. And after that, I knew that I had a bigger reason and it was all kind of swirling around. I knew, Oh, I'm here. I'm here for a reason. I'm here for something big. What is it? I went to Texas, Amarillo, Texas for a TikTok takeover, uh, back in 2020. And I had done a cover of Hurt and I was a ballsy cover to do, but I felt it in my soul. I felt it from, you know, being with my husband that had PTSD to my own hurt and pain to what other people feel. And so I did, I felt led to do this cover. And so I went to Texas and we filmed a music video, a PTSD awareness video. And it's on YouTube and everything now. And I had volunteers come and be a part of this. I had uh, veterans. I had firemen. I had police, first responders, doctors and nurses, 911 operators, all volunteered to be a part of this video. 
that video changed my life. That video fully brought it full circle of who I was, why I am here and exactly what I'm doing. And we did this whole entire video on an iPhone. <laughs> so it's not like amazing video footage, but it, it hits the heart. But there was a man there and his wife, TJ and Michaela Adams. And TJ Adams was a Marine veteran that he started and found in Stand Against Suicide in Amarillo, Texas. And his brother had taken his life. And so that is why instead of turning to that same, you know, trauma and PTSD and all that, he, he turned it into something else, right? He found his purpose. And after the video, I, I exchanged my information with everybody, hugged everybody, told everyone they're loved. They're amazing. The reason I did this is to let you know that you're not alone. And I know it's a ballsy song and it's going to either touch one or a million and that's okay, you know, but it did. And two weeks after, I'm going to cry again. Two weeks after I did this video, I got a phone call. I got a phone call from one of the firemen. And he had written a letter to his family. He had, he had his piece next to him in his car. And he called me. And he said, I need someone to talk to. I'm struggling. I'm hurting. You know, I, I'm not okay. And he said, I tried reaching out to my chief and they told me to suck it up and deal with it. I tried to reach out to other people. They told me to be a man. And I called you because I volunteered in your video. And I saw that you cared and that people still care. And I talked to him forever and this man was going to take his life and he called me and right then and there, I'm like, all right, God, I get it. And I connected him with TJ with standing in suicide. These men lived 10 minutes apart from one another and didn't know each other. He didn't even know of standing in suicide. He didn't even know what it was. And these two, were able to get connected and he was able to get into a PTSD trauma center and go through the program and heal and start over. And to this day, I talk to him every day. He's one of my best friends. And that man has come so far. I had him on my podcast last year and that man has come so far and he gave me my purpose. God put me in Texas where I've never been before and connected two men that had never known each other before in their lives to save a life. And and that right there, I knew why I was here. I knew that everything that I had done and every reason I had done what I'd done and every reason I recorded hurt and I did the video was to make a difference in the lives of others and to save lives and to be there to say, Hey, you're not alone. No matter what you're going through, no matter how unwanted you feel, no matter how unloved you feel, no matter how much you wake up every day and you say, why am I still here? That there is people out there that love you and care for you. And I love you. Even if I don't know you, I love you. 
no matter who you are and that you may feel alone in your town or, you know, in, in, in your home or in your state. But I promise you, there's somebody out there that loves you. And that's why I always say that somebody always has a somebody, whether it's across the street or across the state, there is always somebody there that wants to be there for you, that wants to listen to your story, that wants to encourage you, that will be your phone call in the middle of the night. There is somebody out there that needs you as much as you need them. And, you know, that those moments really touched my soul and it, it, it just, it, it just snowballed from there. Like to kind of fast forward, I, I started, you know, I started doing this podcast. I got involved with the people's Patriot project, which I think, you know, yeah, and um, yeah. they're an incredible. I just incredible got in touch with them. People. They are great people. Yes. Yeah. I got uh, involved in them and I started doing a podcast on their show and, um, uh, motivational Mondays, fill your cut motivational Mondays is what it was called. And, um, it was just an incredible way to reach people and to help people. And they're an amazing organization that I met through TikTok through Tony Turner, which is an incredible musician and artist. And he is also, um, part of the people's Patriot project. He introduced me to them and, uh, he sings that song, Blackwater shine. You got to check it out. If you haven't heard him, he's awesome. Um, nice. but he uh he introduced me to them and crazy enough i ended up at a performance in nashville with them they did like a big three-day performance and i was one of their artists there um and that's how i ended up here in south carolina <laughs> i met i met uh heather and chris with semperfy design which they work with the people's patriot project and um I, in Nashville, I was, I didn't want to just go out and play in bars. I didn't, I didn't want to go downtown and play the downtown scene. That wasn't me. Like I've always known with my music and my singing and everything I do, it's wrapped into who I am and why I'm here. And it's not just to go out there and sing for a bunch of drunken stupors that aren't going to know my name in the morning. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I, I don't mind doing that, but my purpose is bigger than that, you know, and I don't want to sing to the bottom of your ND your, I don't want to be the song at the bottom of your whiskey bottle. It's actually songwriting, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's uh, I want to be more than that. I want people to know my name and know right. who I am and know that I am here. I am here so much more than just a singer and a musician that I am here to be a light in your life. I'm here to be a hope. I'm here to teach you, you know, things that maybe you don't know and to help you find your own light and your own, your own love and your own soul and how to get there, you know, and it's been, it's been a wild journey. And now I'm in South Carolina and um, I'm really branching out with some neat things here. Um, I actually have an audition with a blues band, which I'm kind of excited about here coming up. And I'm really trying to push myself out there music wise, but then also at the same time, my originality for, for what I do. So now let me ask you, uh, are you, are you able to uh, let people play your songs and stuff like that? Or oh, yeah. 
Because so have you ever heard of the gun room radio? It is it is a it's a new radio station that is ran by a guy named Donald Dunn. He has a podcast called Two Drunks in a Gun Room. So he started up this <laughs> he started up this whole uh, gun room radio because you know uh, veteran musicians you know weren't really getting playtime. There was people out there pushing to try to get like even an hour on a radio station, and people yeah. didn't want to give them an hour of their time. So what he's done is he's dedicated this whole station to veteran artists and people that, you know, like yourself who support veterans. And now um, he's, he's developed this whole radio station. If everybody, there's the link, if you want to ever check out the radio station and it actually has an app on there too. And he's doing, he's building this thing really awesome. We do a, there's a top 20 countdown. People go in and vote for the songs they like that are played. Um, He's really trying to build the show up. He's got uh, a request line hour where he opens it up and goes live like this and takes on requests and plays it on the the gun room radio. But uh, I did talk to him a little bit last night uh, on our little uh, shindig that we got together and we were all um, talking. There was the bourbon buddies. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of them, but uh, he's, yeah. he's also, yeah, he was on there last night too. And so we were both kind of talking about like opening it up to, people that support veterans and things of that nature, artists out there. So he was very uh, open to it. So, and I played, I played your song on there too. So, I mean, well in the back to him, so (laughs) I'm advocating for you. So I was like, God, Sugar Rose got to be played on here too. Start getting her on this top 20 countdown. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I, I'll be honest, like I've done my song, you know, with, with the record label, the one song, but, um, I have a lot of other stuff I'm working on and when you're in the music industry, just to be fully transparent, you get burnt to shit. You do. And, and if you're not with the right people and the right things and the right organization, you just, you do, you get burnt. And unfortunately I don't have a lot of stuff out right now because I've been burnt. I've been burnt several times. I feel you. Yeah. You know, it's, it's something that I'm working on. Cause I have a lot, I have, shoot, I have like five or six songs that I'm getting ready to hopefully start recording here soon. Um, that I think are just incredible because some of the stuff I did in Nashville was, it was other people's way, you know, and it wasn't my way. So I really want to do some recording of my way. (laughs) So I'm in the process of doing that. I love just like the movies. That song just, you know, that song just uh, speaks to my soul. (laughs) It's my life. I mean, it really really... gives me chills. It that song just gives me chills. It's just, I love it. I have, I have a few out and I have, um, I have a song called battle scar that I haven't released yet. It's fully produced. I haven't released it yet. I've, I'm not really sure why I think I want to do a little bit of work on it still, but it's a, it's a men's mental health song. And, um, it's, it's, um, just been something that was very passionate for me to be like, Hey, you know, don't be his battle scar anymore. (laughs) You know, he doesn't need that. I'm not going to give you too much shit, but you should have had a drop in the month of May for mental health awareness month. (laughs) So I'll be honest, like my, I'm becoming known for my motivational speaking and yeah. for like, you know, what I do. I get and- that. Cause honestly, you were like, uh, just talking to you. You were just made me feel 
everything you were saying, it was already like a thought in my head too, like how you are a teacher and things like that. I was thinking in my head that that just seems so much like we all and our students every day in life, no matter what. You're a student, you're learning things, and eventually some of us are able to become teachers of that or yeah. be able to be like a doctor of that because we've gone through so much experience and stuff like that. Yes. And nothing can beat the actual life experience versus going and reading about something right. in a textbook. Right. right. So any degree like that cannot compete with someone who's lived it day in, day out, you know, and you know, you're, you're like someone who the people that are getting degrees are reading about it and trying to learn. You've already been through it and have managed to get yourself into a level where you've rise, you're, you're risen above all the stuff, you know, and you're still smiling, like you said, and you're still going forward because there's a lot of people that have been through what you've been through and can't get out of it, can't make it or or have just given up altogether. So right. you are absolutely an inspiration. And it's it would be easy for you to uh, capture people because just when you start talking, you, you just do have that infectious smile that you just have an aura to yourself. And, and, and I mean, it, I feel it is, you know, talking to you and I'm sure everybody watching this is going to feel the same way. And I, I promise you, you're going to end up getting some more followers, probably some more <laughs> other, uh, you're going to probably have some other podcasters trying to come after you and get you on their show too. But it, you know, humble. it's great. <laughs> yes. And we would love to, cause you know, a person like you needs to be out there. You're a great advocate. You're a great story. You're a great inspiration. There's just so much to you, you. that, you know, that. just shows don't give up, don't give up. Yeah. And you know, um, something that I appreciate is, is I've, I was in the generation too of take a straw, suck it up, you know, or just get over it. Mm -hmm. And it's taken us, you know, it's taken some time. And, and, and I think we're kind of towards the end of the generations that have kind of grown up with that kind of thought. Now we're all adults and a lot of us are scarred and we got a lot of wounds and some of us don't want to talk about it because, you know, we still do live in that. Like, Oh, if I say anything, you know, someone's going to think I'm a bitch or, you know, they're going to think different of me. Um, but okay. you know, something that I've learned in, in even doing this podcasting thing, it's opened up my world and, and, and connecting again, being able to talk and, and be like, Hey, it's okay. It's okay not yeah. to be okay. And it's okay for us guys to talk about it. And, you know, we gotta be, we gotta be able to see, you know, set it up for the younger generation so that they're not repeating it. You know, it's, I think we all have a generational responsibility and it, and part yeah. of that is giving the next generation something better. So, right. you know, part of that is just finding out what's going on and how can we do better? Not let's yeah. just talk about it and bitch about it. Let's do something about it. Right. And that's what you're I, doing. Yeah. And, you Selflessly. Know, I kind of feel like God has said, okay, this is your job. You've got the people over here that are faith believers and, you know, they go to church and they're on fire for God. And, you know, this, this is them over here. Right. And then you've got the people over here that are like, you know, I'm, I am this way. This is who I am. Screw this. This is life. This is what it is. I'm accepting it. This is who I am. And then you've got the middle ground. You've got the people here that are like, I'm tired. I've gone through trauma. I've gone through torture. I suffer with PTSD. I suffer with night terrors. I suffer with... 17 different medications. I hate my life. I get up every day. Why am I here? Why am I here? The ones over here are like, 
screw it, I'm here. This is my life. The ones over here are like, thank you for letting me be here. I love being here. And then you got your middle ground that's like, who am I? Why am I here? Why am I suffering? Why can't I sleep? Why can't I have something to do with my life? Why can't I find my purpose? And I feel like that's where God said, that's who you are. That's who you teach. You teach that middle ground, those people that know there's still something in there because they haven't fully let that light go out yet. And they know there's a reason they're here. There's a purpose they're here but it's lost somewhere in the mix. So when I, you know, talk to people that I'll do a video, right. And, and I'll just hear somebody say, you know what, too late for me. My life sucks. This is what it is. This is my life. Right. But then every video that I do, that person continues to comment. Well, I'm just giving up. I can't do this anymore. I don't know why I'm here. That's that person that still has a light in their life. They still have a hope in their life. They still have a way to heal, a way to open their eyes. And I feel like that's like where God puts me in that person's soul, in that person's heart to say, hey, let's get through this together. Let's let's show you who you are and show you that each and every day you're gonna wake up and instead of walking backwards, because we don't get up and walk backwards, you're gonna walk forward. You know, and every day you're going to get up and you're going to say, thank you for letting me be alive today. Thank you for giving me another chance to find something in myself to heal. Thank you for letting me find a light, you know, and I, I kind of feel like that's what God's done is, is made me, I guess, a light <laughs> in others just to say, let's, let's turn your light back on. You know, it's been dull for a long time. Let's let's find the key to the cage, you know, yeah. let's let you out of your prison. And I and think a lot of us, I think a lot of people just, you know, you start off in life, you know, here's your here's your baseline. And yeah. then as through life, you start getting layers of of other mm-hmm. problems. Yes. And then, uh, you know, as you don't fix them or whatever, your layers just get bigger and thicker and bigger. Yes. You're kind of like a person who's chipping away at some of these layers in some of their lives because, you know, I think that's a lot of us. We put a lot of things back and, you know, we kind of just want to throw it back here and then we consume ourselves with as much activity in life as possible. So we keep ourselves busy so we don't have time to ever think about things like that. But, you know, you're very instrumental as a tool who's able to start chipping away at some of those things and saying, Hey, we got layers. All of us do. Everybody's got layers, but let's, Let's get to the back down to your baseline where, you know, and, and so you can remember how to feel again, because if you have too many layers, you, you lost mm-hmm. the feeling and, and you're not going to be able to feel and you're going to definitely feel like you're just here walking through life and everything else is just doesn't really matter. It's 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 I, I love what you're doing, sugar. There's needs to be more people in the world like you. Um, I mean. It's it's amazing that you're you're taking your time and being selfless and you're wanting to help other being an empath too. It's not always easy taking on other people's problems and then being able to flush it off and not walk every yeah. day with all those problems. I meditate every day. <laughs> <laughs> I ground myself every day, and that's actually something new that I've just started doing in the last like three months, and that's really. Yeah connected me to God a lot more. And it's, it's been more of like, okay, 
this is what's coming. This is, and I've been, you can think I'm nuts, but through my meditations and through, you know, really praying and talking to God every day, like I'm not a religious person and I won't get into a lot of that, but I've always had a relationship with God. That, I'm with you. you know, mm-hmm. since I was a little girl, I've always known God's had my back. You know, my guardian angels got my back. And mm-hmm. when I meditate and I'm able to ground myself and release all that energy, because as an empath, you suck in every little thing around you. I could go to the store and I can tell you who's hurting, who's happy, who's <laughs> broken, who's sad, who's going through trauma. Like I can tell, you know, I can walk up to someone and just start telling them who they are. And I, I don't do that because people think I'm weird. But you know, that's that's a gift I've been given along along this journey. But it's true. You have to also, and I'm still working on it myself, is my own mental health and being able to say, okay, I've got to ground myself and I've got to I've got to separate what I go through with people on a regular basis into me so I can continue to spread that love and that light and that, you know, that positivity. Cause it, it does when you, we are energy and, and when we are sucking in everybody's energy all around us, it kind of gets stuck to you. So yeah, I definitely every day try to meditate and ground myself and really just kind of come back and be like, okay, we're going to have a fresh start today. <laughs> So is that, is that what sugar Rose does when she does find herself starting to, you know, go down that path of like, uh Oh, you know, uh, you're starting to feel like, Oh my gosh, you know, things are starting to be overwhelming again. I mean, how do you allow yourself to keep on that positive, you know, uh, trajectory? Meditation is a huge one. Um, being out in nature, being out for me around water, I'm very, very attracted to water. Um, Me too. Something That's about funny. It Almost every house I've lived in, I've built a, a some kind of a water feature in my backyard or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like I need water in my life. You know, it's it's kind of funny. And there's something about the water that's very calming and soothing. You know, just being outside, walking around in the in the you know mountains, trees, forest area, whatever it might be. Just nature for me is a huge, huge calming factor. It's, um, there's just something, there's something about being out in mother earth that is yep. just, it's, it's healing for sure. <laughs> and yeah, I'm a hundred percent with you. That's exactly how I am. Like when I'm at my worst, um, I have a spot I like to go up to. It's, it's by a Creek and, mm-hmm. uh, just, there's nothing there. My cell phone doesn't even work up there. Um, it's just yeah. a total disconnection and I love it. I mean, cause I've even started thinking to myself, man, I probably need to go back up there again, even though, you know, things aren't getting, I mean, my life is going pretty well, but I think it's good that to continue, even when things are going well to, to continue doing healthy things. So that way you continue it, not just like, Oh, I'm, I'm doing good now. So I don't really need to do this anymore. You know, like you should continue down the path that got you to where you're at and somewhat sustain it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, every day, it's crazy because my purpose gets a little bit stronger and a little bit stronger. And I keep learning along the way. This is why you did this. This is why this happened to you. This is why you're going through this. And this is what you're doing now, you know? So it's very, my life is a, is an interesting place. 
a lot of people don't understand probably why I'm single, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's one of those things that like a lot of people don't understand. They like my, my relationship and my meditation and kind of why I do what I do and who I am. I think it kind of can sometimes intimidate people a little bit. <laughs> well, it's like you found yourself, you know, and the problem is, yeah. is that it's sometimes <laughs> when you're in a relationship, you're not, sometimes you're not yourself. And that's the thing you have to find is that person that's going to bring the best out of you and, and, oh, yeah. and make you be who you are. Yeah. You know, yeah. sometimes a relationship, yeah, they start all of a sudden, they start altering you like things that you like doing, going to the gym, going into this, going to that. And then all of a sudden you start seeing when somebody gets a relationship, the gym goes away or this starts going away and yeah. then everything starts going away. And then they find themselves like, uh, it's like, hello, you had happiness. Like, you know, just because right. we get in relationships doesn't mean we got to stop everything else around us for that relationship. Yes. You want to be healthy for that relationship. So you got to still continue to be healthy for yourself. And the biggest yeah. thing in life is, is that we can't live for others. We got to live for ourselves. And Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. when you start to live for yourself, it, it becomes a happier world. I noticed oh, that for, for myself sure. <laughs> for sure. where I started just, you know, I had to, you know, cut ties with family members even that mm -hmm. were just not, mm -hmm. they were toxic and just bringing, you know, my life down where I didn't want to be in that bad place anymore. Yeah. You know, and it's so true. Like what you are around is what you're going to soak in, you know? So whether that's a person in your life, family, friends, work, whatever it might be, you become what you put yourself around. And so I have done, you know, a lot of cleaning out my closet, I guess you could say. Maybe that's not the <laughs> best analogy, but. Nah, yeah, know, I've done like, it too. Take out, out the trash, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> take out the trash. Like, I have a very small circle. I don't have a lot. I really don't have a lot of friends at all. I'm kind of a loner. Yeah. It's kind That's of sad because I've tried to have more friends, but you know, you, you get in your forties. It's like, eh. but my circle yeah. is small and I refuse to deal with negativity. I refuse to deal with people that are going to, you know, have drama, have negativity. And when you remove that out of your life, especially people that live in chaos, and are already dealing with trauma and are already trying to figure out who they are and if they matter and why they're here. When you're in a ball around you, okay, it's like an energy ball. You have people over here that scream and yell, people over here tell you you're no good. You know, people over here that are full of drama and they're exhausting and it, it drains your energy, you know, and you just have negativity all around you. That's what's you're sucking in, you know, on a regular basis. And so I've cleaned out all of my closet and just really put everything aside and said, you know, this is what I'll accept. This is what I won't accept. You know, I am here to help you here. And what I, what I'll do is, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. So, you know, you try and you give it your effort and you give it your best to try to help somebody that is, in that negative mindset. And, you know, you try to help somebody learn like, Hey, you know, you're in a toxic environment. You're in an unhealthy relationship. You're, you're what you're hearing and what you're dealing with. You don't have to accept it. You don't have to go through that. It's okay to disconnect. And, you know, one thing I always love to say is it's okay to love somebody from far away. You don't 
have to love that person in person if that person is not going to be what they need to be for you in order for you to become more healthy. And, you know, I think that's a lot of people live in a negative environment, whether it's at work or it's at home or, you know, in your relationship. And just speak negatively all the time, you know, their sentences are negative. Yeah, it's rough. And so when you finally get out of that, then you're able to grow and you're able to blossom. You're able to flourish and really be able to be like, you know what? I don't need this. Like I have people in my life that I'll always love, but I'm going to love them over there. And and that's just going to be how it is for the rest of my life because I'm not going to suck in that negative energy. You know, something I think I've noticed in the world is that, you know, um, the way that we are and stuff like that, it's just that we take on so much negative things in our lives that sometimes it starts to define who we are and we start to lose ourselves, you know, and and that's the the roughest thing in, in the world is that when you allow someone to start throwing stones at you and, you know, you're no longer able to duck them or dodge them and you start taking them on um it just really starts turning us into a different person and and uh, we're and people aren't getting the best of us you know sometimes and we're afraid to let go and to afraid to be ourselves because we're afraid of our surroundings and what they might think but you know i've my thing is is don't surround yourself with people that aren't going to accept you and love you for your goofiest days you know what i mean (laughs) Absolutely. You know, and, and I live by seven things, seven things that everyone needs to know. And it is so true because it's why we're here. It's the reason we're here. It's what we're meant to do. And, you know, our world's a crazy place at the moment. It's hard to live in love. It's hard to live in any type of peace with the way the world is, you know, but if you can learn to live by the seven things, and these are the seven things that I teach is your life will change and and you will find so much peace and so much happiness and so much love and light inside of you. It's unconditional love, unconditional love for yourself, for yourself first, and then for others. That means no matter what, no matter what choices you've made in life, no matter what you've done, I'm going to love you no matter what. I have a place in my heart for you. I have a place in my heart for you. You know what I mean? And and I, I love everybody in the world, even if I don't know them, even if they've done, you know, made poor decisions or, or whatever it might be. We are supposed to love. That's what we're built from, you know? And when you have that unconditional love for yourself and you love yourself and who you are, no matter what, and you love somebody else, that will start to open your eyes and change your world, you know, and then grace, live in grace, live in appreciating what you have, even if it's not a lot, appreciating what other others have, even if it's not a lot, being able to say, you know, I love you for who you are and it don't matter, you know, what's going on in your life. I'm still going to be there and I'm still going to help you through it, you know, and forgiveness. Forgiveness is a huge, huge, huge one. You have to forgive yourself. You have to forgive yourself for 
any little thing that you've done in your life, whether it was right, whether it was wrong, whether you're, whatever it might be, when you harbor guilt and you harbor, you know, that chain, that ball and chain in yourself that you can't be, I can't be forgiven because I wasn't there, or I can't be forgiven because I couldn't save this person, or I can't be forgiven because, you know, you deal, you deal with that guilt and that grief that I couldn't save him. I couldn't save her. You know, I, I did this that I shouldn't have, and it ruined this person's life. And I'm a terrible person for the rest of my life for doing this. And, you know, you have to learn how to forgive yourself and know that in life, things happen. We make mistakes, we make poor decisions, but if it's in your heart and it's wrenching and it's like, I screwed up or I wasn't there or I'm going to hold this guilt for the rest of my life because I couldn't save my brother or I couldn't save my sister or I was, I was 30 seconds too late or whatever it might be. When you harbor that guilt in your heart, you sit there and you lock the door and you throw away the key and your soul just starts going down a black hole, just slowly glowing down that black hole deeper and deeper. And you have to learn to forgive yourself. And, and so that's one of the things that I try to teach is that no matter what you've gone through, you can let it, you can let it out. It doesn't mean that it's ever going to go away. It doesn't mean that you're ever going to be able to take those moments back because you can't. But if you let it out and say, you know what? Yeah, I'm traumatized. Yeah, I'm hurt. Yeah, I feel horrible. I feel awful that these things happen. But it 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 happened. And and I have to choose now if I'm going to live my life in hell for the rest of my life or if I'm going to find a way to take that hell and I'm going to find a way to now help somebody else through it that maybe is still here or somebody else that's going through the same type of thing that I put someone through, whatever it might be, right? And then forgiving others. Forgiving others is another key to unlocking that cell door. I've been abused. I've had a gun put to my face. I've had, I've been threatened to be killed. I've, I've had someone threatened to chop my head off. I, I've gone through a lot. I've, I've, been, I've been raped. I've been molested. I've been through all of it. And I can choose whether I want to hold that in my heart for the rest of my life and think that every man in the world is going to rape me and abuse me and beat me and put a gun to me. And every man is going to treat me like absolute shit and trash. And I'm a nobody. And, and, and that's just who I am. That's who God made me to be. I, if I live that my life that way and, and being so angry and, pissed and hurt and want to kill that person, want that person to die, want that person to have been, I want to have revenge on them, then what am I doing for myself? You know, yes, I was crushed. Yes, I was traumatized. Yes, I lived in battered women's shelters. Yes, I've gone through the emergency room and had to lie about when I was beat. Yes, I have, I have gone through all that. But do I want to sit there and hold that in my soul for the rest of my life and let it eat me alive, you know, or do I want to let it go? 
Do I want to let it go to see that maybe there's somebody else out there that is going to love me for me and is going to love me the way I need to be loved and show me who a man really is and show me what a man can really do instead of the torture and the pain and the hurt and the heartache I've gone through. Because if I sit there and just hold that in for the rest of my life, that's the type of people I'm going to draw into my life for the rest of my life. I'm going to be in continuous cycle of abusive relationships, abusive marriage, whatever it might be. That's the type of person that I'm going to keep attracting over and over again. And I'm going to keep getting abused and I'm going to keep getting verbally and mentally assaulted. And I'm going to keep, you know, all of that. That's exactly what's going to happen. So you have to learn to forgive, even if you never speak to that person again, even if you never see that person again, you've got to learn to forgive and let it go because it's not worth you living the rest of your life in jail, in your own cell, in your own prison, you know, and then faith, right? Faith is a huge one. I've always taught you can heal, you can heal, you can heal. You've got a light in you. You've got a love in you. You've got, you've got so much more to you than you realize you have a purpose here. We are all put on this earth for a purpose and it has been blocked from us for many, 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 many years because for whatever reason, things block, you know, energy, negativity, good versus evil, whatever it might be, you get blocked from all of that. And for me, I've always taught you have a light, you have a light and a love inside of you. And I've always taught it from a perspective of you can find hope, you can find healing, you can find all this. But not until recently, really, in the last, honestly, like 90 days to six months, did I realize that I've always been teaching from, from God's mouth, right? From, from God's mouth to mine, to your ears. But I've never talked about God. I've always just said you could heal. You can find a light. You can find a love. You can, you can forgive. You can have grace. You can have all these things. But how do you find that? You know? And, and the truth thing is, the absolute truth is, living in those seven things is how you find it. Having, knowing that you have your own creation of love inside of you, and so you have God that lives in us. God breathes through us. God is in our trees, in our nature, in everything that we do. And it's in us, through our veins, through our blood, blood of my blood, flesh of my flesh. We are the same person, you know, and when you can live in those seven things and have faith in yourself that you can heal you can start over. You can finish the chapter of your story a different way than it started. You can do all of these things, you know, and you live in kindness, kindness, no matter where you go. Don't turn a blind eye to a stranger. Open the door for somebody. You see somebody in front of you and they're being crappy to the cashier. You never know what's going on in their life. You never know if they just had the worst day of their life. You never know if the person behind you that you cut off is going to go home and take their last breath tonight. You never know what someone's going through. So no matter what, I always try to say that 
be kind to every single person that comes into your path, whether they treat you like a jerk or not, whether they cut you off on the road or not. Maybe they're going to an emergency. You don't know. You know, people are so quick to get angry and go right to revenge and go right to, you know what? I'm going to mess this person up. I'm going to cut them off. Watch me cut their wheels off and them have to stop in front of me. And, and, you know, you can go right to anger and revenge because that's what we're taught to do. We're taught as a negativity bias to right away, just go right to the negative, right to the, right to the crap. But what if you stopped for a moment and said, you know what? Maybe they're going through something. Maybe they're struggling. You know, maybe me holding this door open for this person is showing one person that there's one kind person left in the world and giving them a hope not to take their life, you know? And so I always try to live in, in kindness, you know, and in compassion, Compassion is something that so many people don't have anymore. People have lost themselves. People have lost who they are and why they're here and what they're doing in life. It's selfishness. You know, it's, it's revolved around how many followers do I have? How much money do I make? How popular am I? How many material items do I have? What do I have? Instead of looking at someone as, you know, I'm going to have compassion for you because I see that maybe you're struggling a little bit, you know, or maybe you're going through something. I'm going to have that compassion for you and I'm going to help you out. And, and I'm not going to look at who you are or what you're wearing or what you drive or how many, you know, motorcycles you have or whatever. Like I'm looking at you for you. I'm looking at your heart, you know, and, and I really feel those things if people can learn those things, if I could teach those things to the world, you know, God keeps just telling me you're a teacher, you're, you're, te you're, you're to teach my children. And I'm like, I don't really know how to do all that, but I'm doing my best. And the last one is trust, trust yourself, trust that you can do anything you put your mind to trust that you can come out of this that you can heal, you can find yourself, you can find your purpose in your pain, you can find your beauty in your pain. Trust that this isn't your life for the rest of your life, that you don't have to go to sleep every night with night terrors, that you don't have to wake up every morning wondering why you're taking another breath. Trust that there's a better tomorrow. So, you know, that's, that's kind of, what I have learned to live by and that God has really been like, teach my children. <laughs> so honestly, you know what? You're, you're, you're pretty much the embodiment of a strong woman and the epitome of what a strong woman is. You are able to, and, and strong doesn't mean, you know, that you don't cry or that you don't have weak times. It's, it's yeah. how you are able to manage through life and, 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 and weather the storm as it comes. I mean, you are a, a huge, I mean, uh, I, I can't imagine how many women are going to start, you know, gravitating towards you because of your story and your inspiration. I mean, you have been through pretty much A through Z, um, <laughs> you know, uh, and so not a lot of people can say that, you know, and, and when you live stuff, you, and you've actually been through it, you are way 
you know, able to connect with someone that's going through it too. And, you know, a lot of times we, that's who we kind of gravitate towards when we are going through a problem and we do want to talk is we trying to seek out those people that are kind of going through or know what we're saying because we don't want to sound crazy to everybody. Right. And, and you know, you you don't want to sound like you're just like going so crazy and you're going to talk to someone who's just like, Oh my gosh, are you serious? Like, you know, fucking suck it up. Like, you know, well, dude, I'm having yeah. a moment here. You know, I don't need to hear that suck it up at this moment, right time. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But us, yeah. I, you know what? I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story, talking to us. I mean, you are a huge inspiration, and like I said, um, I can't imagine there won't be a lot of people seeking you out and, um, you know, following you. And yeah, you are here on Earth to spread that awareness, bring happiness to those that don't have it and, 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 you know, giving them the tools to find that again, you know, find that happiness. You can't, you can't do it for them. It's, you know, that mental health is a walk that we all have to kind of do on our own, but we also need people to lean on. We need, we do need a tribe, so to speak, yes. uh, to kind of help us and, and kind of just cheer us on. And, and, and as we're kind of getting, as we're, trying to get on the up and up and there's things that will constantly try to knock you down as you're trying to get up mm-hmm. you need those people that are there to kind of say, hey nope hey get your ass back up dust off yeah. it's cool this is a moment let's keep on pushing yeah. you know and you are a big advocate for that and you are going to be um you i i, I promise you you have changed probably lives more than you ever would know um you know, just talking to you today, it's, you've brought me a, like a ray of sunshine and stuff as well. Um, you just bring smiles to people's faces, you know, bring happiness. And, uh, because you know, when someone's been through as much as you've been through and can sit here, still smile about it and you could just see the passion. I mean, when you're talking, you know, you got the tears coming down and you, you could just hear the, the compassion in your voice and everything. It's just, it's the, it's so real, you know, and, and, and you can, that's, and that's how you can help people too, is being just a real person. When, when people go to someone and they're fake and they don't really live, you know, by what they're sitting there teaching and preaching, you know, people start losing faith or, in, you know, in those kind of people. But, you know, if you can just sit there and, Hey, I'm having a moment today <laughs> and, um, I, I just need everybody to give me a hug, send me a hug, but I, we'll get through this, but I'm having a moment because we're all vulnerable and you know, there's no, I don't care who you are. We're all going to have rough days. <laughs> you know, I mean, even the people that you don't think are having rough days, everybody has rough days, you know, and it's just, how do you weather through them? Cause sometimes you can go down in a sinking ship or you can, you know, start getting the buckets and getting the water out of there and, and keep yourself from sinking, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But is there anything else you want to share with us or any last words? Um, my ultimate goal someday, I'm hoping I want to travel the world and I want to speak and I want to speak in every state and I want to meet people and I want to hug people and I want to tell them, you know, to their face that you're loved and I love you and we can get through this together. And, you know, I always say that it takes one, takes one person to light a match, to fuel fire that can change the world. And together we are one. And 
it's been a very humbling experience along my path to meet some incredible people and some incredible family. And I do do all this on my own. And I would love to be able to travel the world. I would love to be able to speak and perform and, and just touch people left and right. And, you know, my music and stuff really doesn't get out there a whole lot because it's just, you know, my platform, I haven't quite figured out where my platform is for that yet. I'm working on it. But um, with the motivational side of things, that's really, really starting to touch people across the world, which is a blessing. And I'm so humble. And I hope one day to be able to come to each and every one of your states and meet y'all personally. And I want, I'm actually writing a book on my life. <laughs> so, you know, well, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of want be a number one seller. Huh? <laughs> it's gonna be a number one seller out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather do an audio because I'm not a fan of like I write my songs when they come to me, but just that's a lot of writing to do. So yeah, uh, we'll and you and that. you're a great speaker. I mean, you you Thank got you. a very good voice for it, Thank and you, you click. You know, you don't do a lot of filler words like I do uh, 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 or something. But uh, <laughs> no, you. I think you do a great job with it. You should definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Get going with that. <laughs> I, you know, in, in time when it's meant to be, it, I'm right. sure it'll all it'll all fall into place and I can't wait for the day. <laughs> but until <laughs> then, you know, I'm just I'm humbled to have been on your show today and to be able to tell my story. And I know it's it's long and there's a lot of parts to it, but <laughs> it's who I am and, and why I'm here and you know, I just want to tell each and every one of you guys that you're amazing and you're loved and you're valued and you're enough. And no matter what you're going through in your period of life right now, if you're watching this, it's because you know you have a purpose and you know that there is something bigger in you than who you are today. And you don't have to be dead while you're still alive. You don't have to walk around empty and, and as a zombie and just living life every day to wake up another day. You have a beautiful purpose here. You have a reason that you're here and you have a light and a love shining inside you brighter than you know. That's great. Great message. Great guest. What an awesome interview this has been. I thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank um, you. And I'm going to definitely spread the word about Sugar Rose, her music, her inspiration, you know, people out there, go check her out. You know, if nothing else, go to Facebook. Everybody's got Facebook this day. Go look her, go check her out. Also. Okay. Well, yeah, let's get that website. That. I'll, I'll make sure I'll add it on yeah. to uh, the description. Um, but we'll uh, definitely want to get her out there and check her out on Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff. Go like her stuff. It's totally free to go do all that stuff, guys. You know, um, show her some love. Show her. Let's get her out there. She deserves it. But uh, Sugar Rose, thank you once again so much. And uh, till next time, I appreciate you. If you could just hold tight, and then yeah. uh, I'll be right back there with you. Okay. All right. All right, friends and fam, thank you guys so much for watching. This was a great interview. Um, like I said, go check her out. If you guys need a smile, you're having a rough day, man, go go check her out on Facebook or something. She's got some really good reels on there, and she just brings a smile to my face every time I come across her. Um, but once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in and watching. Every day is uh, Saturday with your host, me, myself, and I, Brian Roof. 
Until next time. Urgh.